Hello, welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Yes, I do have a certified conversationalist available right now. Do you have a prescription? Thank you. Let's see. Believing in yourself. That will be a wonderful conversation. Give me just a moment and I'll let him know that you're here. Okay, I'll give you back your prescription so you can hand it to him. If you go right through that door there, he's ready for you. Oh, good afternoon. Please come in. Please, please come in. Um, no, I don't think we've ever met. Well, so nice to meet you. Do you have a prescription? Yes, I am a certified conversationalist. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see what you have here. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Dr. Andrew Michaels is always referring people to me. This is a touchy subject with him. And, you know, seeing as you are a young lady, maybe we should start at the beginning. Maybe you should tell me what brought you here. Why don't you believe in yourself? Okay. Well, I know I'm an older gentleman, but I have raised a daughter, and I can tell you she's a spitfire. She's not afraid to stand up for herself, but, okay, well, hmm, yes, no, I'm listening, most of the problem for young ladies like yourself is that the rest of us really don't take the time to listen. I, um, I've heard what you just told me too many times, where people think it's okay to pick and tease and make sexual innuendos towards a younger lady based on her physical appearance. They make assumptions, and they assume you like it, you enjoy it. You shouldn't be talked to that way. I understand if you find somebody attractive and you want them to talk to you that way, that's totally your choice, but I understand how scary and shocking it can be for a stranger to not only talk to you in a way that's quite inappropriate, but... When they start touching, it becomes even more shocking. I, I'm, I'm a, I was a young man once, and I learned, you know, you, you know, when we were playing with the girls or you're talking, you're allowed to do certain things and certain things you're not allowed to do, and you have to, you have to know your boundaries, 
and you have to know when it's not okay to reach out and touch somebody and especially in an inappropriate area. And I think all young men have to learn that. And I think there's an, there's an age when that happens. You have to be a little understanding and a little forgiving and a little, you have to kind of not go along with it or accept it, but you have to be a little more, okay, this is what little boys do. And you have to make sure they know that that's not appropriate. And once they reach that level of intelligence, to say it any other way, they should pretty much have that as a lesson for life, especially when they start dating and having children of their own. You know, think about it in reverse. Would I want somebody groping or touching my wife inappropriately? Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that at all. I'd feel really bad if my wife felt she couldn't go to me about it or go to another man about it you know, or we're like say a supervisor at work or something like that and she didn't think she could go to them and and ask for help or ask the, them to get the person to stop doing it i think it bothers me because i know there are things my wife and my daughter don't tell me and there's things they do tell me and when they do tell me, it's because they had to take an action because if they didn't, it wasn't going to stop. You see what I'm saying? If a coworker or a student was stepping out of line and they weren't getting the message, if my wife, you know, they don't have to tell me everything because we all live our lives and there are always going to be situations that are uncomfortable or you know, that you're not happy with, but they can handle, let's say 95 to even 99% of those problems. They can handle them. We all have things in life we have to handle and we have to put up with, and we have to learn to get along. And they're more than capable of standing up for themselves and getting whatever the situation is to, to stop and go away and not to happen again, get the message across. But there's that Want one to five percent where the person's, for whatever reason, doesn't get the message. Telling them no or stop is like telling them, yes, please go on, I want more. And in that case, um, that's when you have to step in. You have to have somebody step in. You have to tell someone, and, and it's kind of hard sometimes to know where that line is. But certainly if a man touches you in an inappropriate area... And especially if he's a stranger, he has no business laying hands on you to begin with. I say, and I'm saying this as a man, as a father, as a husband, that they really should keep their hands to themselves. And I'm very surprised that this is the conversation that we're having. Really. The reason it bothers me is you don't, really believe in yourself because you think you can't or aren't capable of it. But I believe you're capable of handling, like I said, 95 to 99% of this on your own. I just think nobody's ever took, taken the time to tell you how to handle it. And I'm not saying my way is perfect, but my way certainly gets the point across. 
I think every young lady in this country should carry a small can of mace, a stun gun, even a thirty-eight special if she thinks she needs one, if the uh, environment warrants it. And you should always be on the ready, because women are physically less able to fend off dangers than men. It doesn't make it any easier for a male, because sometimes the exact opposite's true. A male thinks he's safe, and he's not. And he can easily be overpowered. Women at least have the sensibility to know that they more than likely will be overpowered in a physical confrontation. And and in that respect, flight and fright are not necessarily the first response they should have. For many reasons, a woman may not be able to outrun or get away from an attacker, and turning their back on an attacker to to get away might be the opening the person needs to to get control of the situation. I think it's important the woman learns self-defense and learns how to defend herself. These self-defense techniques are not going to disable a man um, twice her size so that she can beat him up like in some Hollywood movie or in some video game. But what self-defense and another term I like to use, situational awareness, what self-defense and situational awareness can do for a woman is it gives her a chance, an opportunity that she does pre-thought-out moves to stun and surprise her attacker, would-be attacker. This gives her the opportunity in that moment in time to properly disengage from the person and escape. Basically, you kick him in the shin, he reaches down and grabs his shin, then you run away. It's basically that simple. But situational awareness is when a female, or anybody for that matter, walks into a situation... Okay, let's say a laundromat. My um, teacher, I had a self-defense teacher, and I used to help him. I was his, like, assistant. And one of his examples, his favorite, was the laundromat. Okay, you go into the laundromat. There's nobody there. You are daydreaming, listening to music on your, you know, cell phone, whatever. The first thing you do when you walk into a place is you survey the situation. Look around. There's nobody here, or appears there's nobody here. Where are the exits? What's the quickest way back out into a public area where there are other people? It's very important that if you think you're going to be into a a physical situation, that the best thing you can do to defend yourself is to get back around other people. Wherever there's witnesses, that causes the aggressor to disengage. They don't want to risk it. You can also call for help, and they don't want that. So it's always important, where do I go to get, to be around the most amount of people in the fastest amount of time? Most laundromats are in plazas, so maybe running into the parking lot or running out the back into an alley isn't exactly optimum. Maybe you should always make eye contact or say hello to the businesses on either side. Sometimes, if they know you're in there, 
and you come out and approach them, you know, in a certain way, they'll know that it's not normal. I think you know what I mean. Like, there's a pizza place beside the laundromat that's a lot safer than a laundromat standing by itself all alone in an empty parking lot. And it's always important to survey the situation. Are there decent street lights? Are there lots of traffic there? Are there lots of opportunities for egress? Can I get away from the situation quickly? These are all things you have to take into consideration. Now, you might say, I'm going to spend my whole life being paranoid. No. If you do this as an exercise, every time you go somewhere, go to church, go to school, go to the grocery store. Now, those places are all full of people. Practice your situational awareness. Practice your self-defense techniques. Now, I haven't talked about hitting, punching, kicking anybody. I'm only talking about believing in yourself. That you're smart enough. That you're wise enough. That if you train yourself to start looking around and going, Okay, this is a very busy store. Don't let your guard down. How would I get help right away? Where should I park? Well, you wouldn't want to park right beside that big box truck. Okay? On the other side of the cart, um, the cart holder for the grocery carts. Because nobody can see you getting in and getting out. And it's perfect cover for somebody. So that would be a terrible place to park. So I would park a little further out. <laughs> the walk will do me good. And I can... Um, Get a little exercise. My car's under a street light. It's well lit. I can see everything around me. I can see everybody coming towards me. These are all important aspects of keeping yourself safe. It's important too to make sure you look around before you open your car. It's important to look around, survey your situation, walk around your car. Put your groceries in the trunk. Don't get lazy and put them in the back seat and bend over and turn your back to the world. Do it in the best, safest way that you can figure out at the moment. Always keep your eyes up, head up, looking around and listening. Don't listen to music necessarily walking in and out of a store. You can't tell somebody's walking up behind you or even close to you. It's always important to pay attention to what is around you. If you notice somebody watching you or looking at you or following you, make contact with a clerk or somebody in the store and start a conversation. See if they disengage. See where they go. Make sure you're not staring back at them. That could be giving them a signal. That's where the weird paranoia comes in. Situational awareness is about being aware of something that is unusual or not in the normal. But otherwise, living your life like it becomes second nature. You just start going, oh, here I am. I want to stop here and get a cake. I'm going to make sure I put it in a secure box in my back seat. Make sure I look around before I put it in the back seat. You know, make sure I look around. Okay, everything looks good. Always keep your keys in your hand. Always keep your mace handy where you can reach it or keep your hand on it. 
It's not unusual, I think, to put your protection and your safety first. What do you think women were like, let's say, in the caveman days? You don't think they kept a stick nearby to fend off animal attacks or a rock or even a small weapon that they were good at wielding? Do you think women went down and washed clothes in the creek alone? Or do you think they went with other women? They stayed in groups. Do you think they kept people with them to kind of look around, keep an eye out? Now you have to remember, the predators back there were a little different than the predators are today. But the same thing applies. Women in groups are safer. Men in groups are safer. So... Now we have this modern culture where women are alone a lot. Well, maybe they're alone. Nobody knows. Maybe you're on your way to meet somebody like another man or a woman. So somebody might be expecting you. Somebody might be missing you if you don't show up. We have this cell phone generation and everybody gets lost in their phones. And you see the videos where people are walking and fall into a uh, a small fountain at the mall or something because they're on their phone and they're not paying attention. If you want to be safe in this world, you cannot do those kind of actions. If you want to talk on your phone, sit down, stop what you're doing, talk on your phone, then put it away, get up and go and start walking again. It's easy to be confident. It's easy to believe in yourself when you do the right thing and you stay cognizant of your situation and your environment and you pay attention. It's just like talking on a cell phone. The predator this time, you're driving along, okay, and you decide to answer a text driving. You're worse than a drunk driver answering texts on a driving, while you're driving a car. You're in that you lose that much control over the vehicle. Now, that being said, the predator in this situation is you. You're about to run somebody over, wreck into somebody, crash your car, kill yourself, kill others, because you're talking and chatting on a text message instead of paying attention to driving. And you say, well, that's ridiculous. I just won't text when I drive. Well, then why would you text when you're walking across the parking lot where you don't know who's watching you? Why would you text when you're alone in an area you're not familiar with? Don't bury your head in electronic devices to make that call or make that text unless you know you're in a safe situation. And it's also important to carry these things into everything you do. If somebody is watching you at a store and making you uncomfortable, pick up your phone and call a friend and say, yeah, I'm right outside the store and I'll meet you. Yeah. Are you here? Okay. I'll be looking for you when I come out. That tells the person you're there to meet somebody and it should get them to leave you alone. I've heard other girls say like, Hey, I have a boyfriend or I have a wife or a husband, whatever. And, um, you know, I can't go on a date with you or I can't give you my phone number because I'm I'm taken. And the person doesn't take no for an answer. Sometimes these situations do get physical. 
this person is in a coma, as I like to say. They need to be woken up to reality. And that's where you say, you know, if you don't leave me alone, I've got something here for you in my bag to, uh, you know, help you understand. And you just put your hand in your bag and put your hand around whatever it is. And you get ready to do whatever you got to do to defend yourself. The person should get the message. But you should always follow it up by being stern. Make good eye contact. Tell them, hey, this isn't going to go the way you want it to. This is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Remember that. Back off. I've had enough. This isn't going anywhere. I'm not interested. Leave me alone. Bring your voice up a couple octaves. Get loud. Make sure everybody in the area can hear you. Try to get distance between you and the person by walking gingerly and slowly away from the person. Don't turn your back. Make sure you've got your hand on whatever device it is you use for personal protection, whether it's a stun gun or pepper spray or whatever, and get their attention. Say, if you think I'm joking around, keep bothering me. I've told you to leave me alone more than once. And then try to get away. Just walk away at a normal rate, a safe walk. Don't turn and run. Don't do anything that could cause you to fall down or trip yourself up. And go where there's other people. And if anybody asks you, say, yeah, he just doesn't, he's got the wrong idea here. And people will understand. The majority of human beings understand and don't like to see women getting picked on or getting teased or getting threatened. And it's not just women. Children get scared and get threatened too. Recently, my daughter, who has many safety devices to protect herself, for lack of a better term, was in a situation where she couldn't really move to get away from the person, and a person scared her and tapped the brim of her hat. At, and she was in the city, and uh, the guy just scared her. And she did the right thing um, pretty much, except you know, she didn't try to strike up a conversation with the person. He was just like being weird with some students, and they were all together. So she wasn't alone, and he just kind of slapped the brim of her hat, kind of teasing her, and it scared her. And it made her cry a little bit. She's still young. But she didn't react. I don't think she overreacted, but I don't think she reacted quite properly. I think she should have tried to disengage and get away from the person. She said she really couldn't. There was nowhere to go. But she wasn't alone, but nobody was helping her. This person was making eye contact with just her. They were asking her questions. They were saying, why aren't you going to answer me or what? And it didn't last long. It was just a momentarily little thing, but it scared her. I think women tend to not, I don't want to use the word freeze up, but they tend to not know what to do in a situation because they've never encountered it. A lot of people, like for instance myself, we, when I treat my daughter like a little angel. When she comes across somebody that treats her like basically a piece of property or a piece of garbage, she's not quite sure how to react to that because she doesn't get treated like that. I think it's good to role play and practice. What would you do if this happened? Watch a TV show. And if you see something, say, what would you do if you were in that situation? What would you do if you were in this situation? And that's where situational awareness starts to come into play. And it starts to become secondary. 
what do I do if somebody walks up to me at my car? I just got out of my car, shut the door, and a guy approaches me with a clipboard and wants me to sign something. Hey, back off. I'll sign it when I come out of the store. Meet me at the door. Well, no, no, no. I want you to... No, 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 no. I'm not signing it now. Back off. There's a lot of things you can do. One thing is put distance between you and the person. It's always important when somebody tries to shove something in your face or get too close to your personal space, put distance between you. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of apps out there that uh, you can click and hit 911 immediately on your phone. When I say in our modern society, women are alone, they're alone and they're not. Things like protective devices like um, mace, pepper spray, guns, for, for instance, things like even a small knife or stun guns. These are what we call force multipliers. They even the odds up for the attacker or the defender. The problem is the other person might have them. What the person on the other side might not want is the police to be coming to their location. So if somebody makes you highly uncomfortable, calling 911 or calling a manager of a store or calling out to somebody walking by, it changes the situation. The person is not alone anymore. And certainly, they start to put themselves into a better situation when they're not alone to get the protection they need. If you're in a busy store or a busy place and somebody's making lewd or rude comments to you, they might be saying it quietly under their breath thinking they're funny. If you address them in a loud public voice and you embarrass them, they might get the idea to back off and stop. They might also get the idea that it's not working. And that's really important with, I think, women versus men in a confrontational situation. It's important to tell a man, it's not working. This isn't working out for you. This isn't acceptable. I don't, I'm not responding to this. I don't want this. Say it in an authoritative, strong, loud voice. Get your point across. Make sure you're loud enough in a public place that when you say something to someone, others will hear it. Usually, if you do something like this, it will get the other person to disengage and stop. If you believe in yourself, if you really do, and you want yourself to have a good life. It is very important that you take the time to train yourself to know what to do in dangerous and strange situations. If you go somewhere and you feel uncomfortable and it doesn't feel right, maybe the best course of action is not to proceed. Don't go there. Don't go forward. Go somewhere else. Go where you do feel safe. And as you start to grow as a human being, you start to trust your instincts. You start to trust who you are. 
that area can expand because you'll you'll know where a safe place is and where an unsafe place is and you can start to decide what is good for you and what isn't i think it's important that you don't live in fear what you do is you actually live progressively what am i going to do if this happens fear is running fear is screaming fear is screaming for help your first action is what do i do if this happens what do i do if that happens i'm going to do something to cause the person confusion i'm going to disrupt the situation i'm going to change the rules i'm going to change the situation then i'm going to disengage then i'm going to run and there's the exit there's the egress that's the direction i want to go if someone comes in that door i go out that door always be aware and it starts to become second nature to you you're not always going to be safe and there are times in your life when you could be at, at risk but you can lessen these chances by thinking ahead and preparing yourself and putting yourself in situations that you can get out of and it's important to you know a lot of us want to be independent and be on our own but there's nothing wrong with doing things together it'd be a lot safer if people did look out for each other and just because you're in a group doesn't mean you're safe just because you're in a group doesn't mean you're being watched you have to always be cognizant of your environment that's the idea of the predator and the prey if you don't want to be the prey think like a predator what would the predator do if they were here they would they would do this they would do that they would do this well then i'm going to do this this and this because that's not going to work out it's not going to work out for them because i believe in myself and i believe i have a right to be the person i want to be do the things i want to do and i'm not going to live in fear i'm going to be strong i'm going to watch out for myself and i'm going to take care of myself to the best of my ability and when i can't those few times i can't i'm going to make damn sure someone steps in police friend family and helps me and we get this person to understand not to do that again that's what matters that's how it works so my best advice is if you want to learn how to defend yourself you can go down to the gun range with a gun and you can practice and that is something that can help you and there's nothing wrong with that but if you really want to protect yourself find a good well known self defense class preferably being taught by the police because the police are aware of the area and parts that are bad and parts that are good and there's nothing wrong with asking the police about a neighborhood or a certain business or anything because they can give you advice the police are here to serve and protect and i really do believe they are our first line of protection against all the wolves out there that are seeking to hurt the sheep get yourself a self defense class and don't so much pay attention to the kicking in the groin and poking in the eyes with your car keys focus on how 
do I learn to survey a situation and keep myself safe? Because I believe in me and I'm smart enough to figure this out. And you are. You are. And I'm counting on you learning it. Okay? All right. Yes, my 16-year-old daughter does have mace and a stun gun at her disposal. And when she's old enough, if she wants it, she'll have herself a nice little 22 at her disposal. <laughs> That's up to her. All right, well, it's nice talking to you today. Yes, it was. I know. No, I hope you feel more confident now. You certainly should be. You're a wonderful person, and you're strong, and the fact that you took the time to come here and talk about this ugly situation that happened to you today, it uh, shows me that you are willing to make changes in your life, and be the person you want to be. And you should believe in yourself. I know I do. I think you're very strong. Okay. It was nice meeting you too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardejuego at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.